0: Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL, Most Valuable Listener, on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: It's really about the community more than the products. And the products are great because the community talks to me.
0: All sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the women in tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world so excited to be here in one of the most extraordinary female founders house yes i am on her gear this is incredible it is such a serendipitous moment i just can't wait to celebrate remy Thank you for having me on the show. (laughs) Of course. Thank you for letting me use your gear. So you guys, the setup. So I'm in Los Angeles taking a break from traveling around the world, interviewing the most extraordinary women in tech. And uh, I come and I want, I have the most amazing privilege to be on Remy's podcast. And hearing her story, I'm like, I have to interview you. (laughs) I have to have you on the show. You are so inspiring. So I am so excited to bring to you her company, Freck. Freck Beauty. Hey,
1: thank you. So excited to be here, you guys.
0: Okay, just to lay it out, Remy. First of all, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. So I'm the founder of a beauty company called Freck Beauty. We've been live for about two years now, and we started as the original faux freckle cosmetic. And now we have a whole collection of skincare that's all based in cactus.
0: Okay, so I have questions. (laughs) One, are you a scientist?
1: No. No. But I do have a chemist. Her name's Brianne. She's a badass. And have you ever started a company before? No, but I've always worked for small companies from interior design to marketing. So I'm very in the startup life forever, always. (laughs) And are you an engineer? Nope. Not an engineer. Are you a product designer? Yes. Okay. A cosmetic product designer. (laughs) A cosmetic
0: product designer. What I, what the message that I'm trying to get across is... You built this incredible, incredible commerce company without being an engineer, Mm -hmm. without being a scientist, Mm -hmm. without being all these things that I think most of us would think that we need to be in order to build one of the most um, unique beauty products on the market. Not only that, you built a really um, rare beauty product, and you utilize a cactus, cacti, Mm I think, in your products. And you're not a scientist, you're not an agriculturalist or whatever the term is, you're none of these things. So tell us the story, tell us a little bit about your product, about Freck, the kind of products that you have, and then let's start with how you started to build it, not having this background, and how you built a successful commerce company
1: um, without being an engineer. Yeah, totally. So it's actually a really funny story because I went to school for interior design, completely not related to beauty or running an e-commerce business at all. And everything I learned was just from going on Google, going on YouTube, and figuring it out. Um, Esprit and I were just talking about how I like the puzzle so for me it was really like we were talking about
0: this before we started recording yeah yeah
1: we've been we've been hanging out for like two hours we didn't mean to just like go grab lunch and get to know each other you guys she's amazing I'm like wait 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 are you busy like I just need to like (laughs)
0: absorb your brain
1: Um, but that being said so I like the puzzle part of it that's why I started my business I mean I grew up in Seattle I never had freckles and I always wanted them so that was kind of like the launch point that I went off of but from there it was just like okay how can I build the website? How can I link up the credit card processing system? All of these little things. And then once I figured one thing out, I would move on to the next. So it really was all self-taught.
0: Let, let's get into, I'd like to get into first about how you uh, created your products, mm-hmm. because that just seems incredibly daunting. And then we'll get into the business side of your story. But yeah. I mean, even the things you were telling me before we started recording about cacti, let's get into that. How do you even... Discover that cacti is this. It's kind of like uh, what's what are those uh berry that everybody's into goji berries? Yeah, you know, and everybody's yeah, like, yeah. i have goji berries and everything, or <laughs> or that oil that everybody is upset That's the magical yeah. oil argon oil, argon yeah. oil. Yes. yes. So, how do you discover cacti? Is the missing the thing? missing ingredient of yeah. in beauty? Yeah. So
1: it's funny. Um, my business partner actually was like looking at my tattoo one day, I have a tattoo that has a desert scene on it and a bunch of cactus. And she was like, Hey, wait a second. You had that tattoo before your company? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. Right. Yes. So I had this desert scene tattoo. There's like, um, a bull skull on it. And then a bunch of cactuses and we were brainstorming one day, like, okay, we want to make a skincare line. How, what should we, what should we target? And so, um, she just looked at my tattoo. She was like, how do you feel about cactus? And I was like, well, is cactus good for skincare? You know, I like the idea of it from a marketing point yeah, of view, yeah. but we want to make products that actually work here. people. Right, right, so right. we go down this rabbit hole and we found that um, like Garnier has a hair product. Kiehl's has one product, but nobody was making a whole line. We we're like, why is this that there's just kind of like cherry picking brands that are doing this? So we go down the rabbit hole. We find that cactus is if you were stranded in the desert, you could live off of cactus for like three weeks because not only is it filled with water, there's the pulp. The flower is one of the highest antioxidants in the world. It's funny you say argon oil because it's 150 times the amount what? of uh, antioxidants as argon oil, which wow. everybody loves. Everybody loves, and it's we all the, it's know the, the thing benefits. right now. Yeah. yeah. So we just kind of find more and more information on this, and the crazy thing about cactus is that. You know, not a ton of scientific research has been done on it for yeah. skin care. So, legally, in cosmetics, you know, when you make claims, you have to, like, go through a suite of um, really boring, like, chemical evaluations right. and stuff, which we won't get into here, but they're really expensive. So, when you look at our claims, you know, we're very uh, conservative about it. Right. But um, they're, they're, people are starting to do more and more scientific research on it, which is great. Right. And as we're seeing that... um. Hero boutique beauty brands like Sunday Riley, uh, Saturday Skin, there are a lot of them are starting to make like single cactus products. So I expect to see a lot more of cactus in the beauty industry in the coming years.
0: Something that I'd like to clarify to transition into us talking about business is your company is called Freck mm-hmm. and you were established on creating. Uh, how do you call it? Faux Freckles?
1: Yes. OK. So the the hero product is Frecko G. It's like our our Air Jordan.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> it's OK. It's baby. But it's a little confusing, right, that you have this um, miracle ingredient uh, in a skincare line Mm -hmm. that's separate from the Freck makeup, correct? Right. Okay. And so what is the vision of the cacti um, skincare line Mm -hmm. and Freck? Is it always going to be Freck in
1: one or? Yeah. yeah. question. So when Freck, Freck OG is the name of our product that gives you freckles. And so when we went from Freck uh, existing as a company that just had one product for almost two years into having a skincare line, we became Freck Beauty. So that's kind of where the the brand is growing. The Cactus Collection was our first new collection under the name Freck Beauty, but we plan to do a bunch of other things that don't have to do with Cactus. So it's not like we're the Cactus line and the Freckle company. Right. Um, And one thing that I think is really important to note is that, you know, people really, if I had a dollar for every time somebody was like, you should make sunscreen, you should make sun products. And of course, I love sunscreen and skin protection is important to me. But I think that there are brands who are already killing that. And I really look up to them like Supergoop um, or Kula. And I think they're fucking killing sun protection. Um, So I don't want to compete with them. And I want to do my own thing that's unique to me. Um, So plan for a lot of other cool stuff coming out that doesn't have to do with Cactus too. <laughs>
0: um, but So will the company itself always
1: be Freck? Yes, always Freck Beauty. Do you identify as a woman in tech? So that's actually a really interesting question because up until probably about a week ago, I would say that I'm a beauty founder, but I'm in the process of raising capital right now. So I'm researching people that I love and how they went about raising capital right glossier considers himself a tech company and so that has me really kind of taking a good look in the mirror this week and thinking about okay if we are a beauty brand that is primarily online are we also a tech company so to answer your question i'm questioning (laughs) i don't know
0: i mean it's interesting right so the reason why i ask that is a lot of people will sometimes tell me well i'm not a woman in tech Mm -hmm. and uh you know to me, a woman in tech means uh, you founded a tech company. Mm-hmm. I, I consider your company to be a tech e- commerce, um, right. even the science that goes into developing a right. product. Yeah. Right? You don't necessarily need to be an engineer, right. To be in tech, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, so I find it interesting how everybody's perception about being a wo- being in tech changes. Not just even being a woman in tech, but just being in tech changes. Speaking more towards the business side of things and technology, um, you had never created a website
1: before. No.
0: But you had you did have some experience in marketing um, career wise. Let's share with everybody um, your experience in marketing and jobs and kind of like your skill sets in becoming an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. So I was kind of all over the place. Like I said, I went to school for interior design. Um, So I guess I had built websites like on Squarespace, but I had never done, you know, something robust in my own. Um, And then after I graduated, I spent a lot of time working for design firms. And then I ended up actually my last job before uh, leaving to work on Freck full time. I was doing business development and West Coast sales for an online marketing company that specializes in photo and video uh, generation at events. That's a lot of words. Basically, (laughs) (laughs) They make like amazing, really high production quality uh, Instagram videos at events that have like at an event for Coca-Cola where they have a million influencers. Um, so I was very much in tech in that space. And I was speaking tech and, and explaining to marketing um, executive executives how exactly our software works. So it's funny because I have a background in tech. And I'm hearing even in me saying this that I, for some reason, have like an internal conflict or like hesitation yeah. in saying that I'm a woman in tech. But yeah, I guess I have been in tech for... In one way or another for years now.
0: At that time, did you feel, oh, I work in tech? No. So you've never really self-identified identified. as like, I work in tech. Right. Which Interesting. is Interesting. Yeah. And
1: it's not like uh, that I don't want to work in tech. I just think that I always like even when I was in the lens of working for a tech company, I was doing sales and business development. Right. So I always thought of that as like a marketing point of view, even though I was working for a tech company. Interesting. I think I think
0: this is something as a culture, like what does it mean to be in tech? I don't think everybody that has a website is in tech. Right. I don't <laughs> think uh, a social media marketers are necessarily in tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think if you build a commerce company uh, like like the other huge, you know, uh, beauty commerce companies Mm -hmm. out there. Um, I know earlier we were talking about FabFitFun. Yeah. That's a tech company. Right. Um, I think that being in tech means that it is a little foggy. It's almost like the word podcast. People don't really understand what is a pod? Is a podcast just audio? Is it audio and video? Where do you listen to one? Wait, yeah. is that YouTube video podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I think being in tech is kind of in the foggy area. Kind of like, mm-hmm. what is a podcast really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. So getting into how you built your first real robust website mm-hmm. uh, that could handle sales. Let's give everybody an idea of where your company is today. How many employees do you have? Have you raised money? Have you not raised money? Like, yeah. are you profitable? Are you not profitable? What is the 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 environment of your company today
1: yeah so we let's see in the very beginning I raised a super small round Um, I bought out those investors they weren't a great fit for me like emotionally I got to the point where I didn't even want to open my email actually they were so early on in the beginning Um, but all the growth that Freck has seen the substantial growth that we've seen from 2018 until now in 2019 um, has been where I own all of the company and now I have a business partner who is vesting equity. So she's slowly um, earning equity. She's been with me for a year now which is great. But uh, to tell you a bit about Freck, we're standing in Freck HQ right now in Echo Park, California. Which is actually dope.
0: I <laughs> I, lo- I mean, with your interior design background, you walk <laughs> in and it is a dope experience being here. I'm not just saying that to be polite. Like I legit walked in and was jealous. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can come anytime. Um, yeah, so it's three of us work in the office full time. I have another person who comes into the office. And the who, office is your home. And the office is my home. Yeah. So... Uh, we work in the dining room. The, the dining room table is like our off our table that everybody works at together. And we float around to like the different rooms and on the sofa, it's very casual. Uh, we have another room that is the staging room. And then in the back we have a garage and it, it that's where we do all of our shipping. And then outside of my two full-time employees and one part-time employee that works at the office here with me, um, I also have three contractors who work part-time from their houses. And um, yeah, I guess the state of the business, to tell you a little bit about that, we, this is so exciting because we just, it's the 30th. So we just wrapped our Q1 numbers for March. We surpassed all of 2018 in one quarter. (gasps) Oh, she broke a glass. Oh, my
0: God. I was about to give you a high five, and instead I'm, like, breaking things left and right. Hello. We're still on. Uh, Here, let me move this over. And let me start over. I was giving you a high five. I'll give
1: you a delicate one.
0: (laughs) Now I'm missing.
1: Um, So, yeah, so we just surpassed in Q1 of 2019 all of 2018, which is. Fucking awesome. That's so cool. It's crazy. We're projected to do six hundred X or six X, excuse me. So (laughs) six hundred percent. Six hundred X. (laughs) Yeah.
0: that that'd be tight. Um So one thing uh, you all probably heard Remy say that um, she bought out her original investors. So to hear more about that story, um, she has done a whole podcast about it. Um, Where can they find out more to listen to that story?
1: Yeah, so Freck's show, my show, is called Skin in the Game, The Freck Show. You can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, And this episode is called Where to Get the Money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's a really big deal. I think um, it's uh, really daunting to think that oh my gosh I want to keep my company and uh, in order to do that I have to buy out my investors or not I'm trying to make my startup just you know make revenue and where am I going to get the money from and I it was a really exciting story so I highly recommend you checking out Remy's podcast you can also click on the link in the show notes thanks to our amazing teammate Carl who will put the link to her podcast in the show notes to check out that episode so okay you go and you are ready to build your your company and build your website who's building how do do you find the person to build your website and what kind of features are you looking for? Like, who mm-hmm. are you inspired by in building your website?
1: Yeah. So I, it's actually funny that I'm on a tech podcast right now because I, it's a running joke in my company that I, my vocabulary in tech is horrendous. So please <laughs> forgive me for anybody listening. Um, but basically what I did is cause I am totally front end, you know, I, I know how I want things to look, but I don't understand how to get them done. And I have amazing teammates. Um, I work with Nisera Allian who runs Softcore Studios here in Los Angeles. She helped me design the whole front end. And then we did a round of interviews um, for WordPress developers. And we just found this woman who ended up being not... She was good, but she wasn't amazing. So I wouldn't uh, yeah. plug her here. But uh-huh. we just made the front end of it. And actually, so we're on WordPress, which if anybody listening is trying to start a e-commerce site or is already working on one, I would definitely recommend that you go with Shopify just because it's so much easier or just a kind of any other platform. We run into issues with WordPress all the time because it was very important to me to have a blog as a part of the brand since we're selling like the vision of Freck as well as our products. But it's actually been a little bit challenging because we have now almost like bloated the, the back end of the website mm. with all of our plugins to be able to pull data and right. other things that we need for our site. Um, but it can be done. So if anyone is listening who is already on WordPress, it can be done if you have an amazing web developer. So, you know,
0: even I hear I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty confident about the information that even um, Kylie Jenner with Kylie Cosmetics mm-hmm. runs her company on Shopify.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, Shopify is amazing. Mm-hmm. And She's a billionaire, you guys. So like Shopify yeah. is not no joke. Yeah. It's not small potatoes. I mean, I think when I was starting out, I steered away from Shopify because I didn't I don't think that they had a lot of the support and things that they do have now, I felt it was a little bit too template-y. But now if I were to do it again, I would absolutely use Shopify. They're amazing.
0: I think think also something that happens for us, um, especially in starting out, is we don't want to start hiring a bunch of extra services that we don't need because right. we're working with such limited resources. So we're like, yes. oh, if we could save the 15 bucks, why not just build it on a free WordPress site? Right. And there is um, a reason why these companies that specialize in a certain type of business exist. Shopify specializes in commerce. Kajabi specializes in online education. Mm-hmm. Like certain re- uh, platforms exist in a very sp- a vertical way in order to accelerate our growth. And they understand the back end and how to handle that. And so that we don't have to pay these excessive costs for engineers to fix our plugin problems right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. later like, on. Yeah. yeah, you can save. It's like a pound wise, penny foolish, penny yeah. foolish, pound wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the beginning, it was great. And we had one product and it was amazing. And, you know, WordPress was great. But as we've grown, it's become more and more limiting. So I've also heard great things about uh, Webflow. Ooh, haven't heard of Webflow. What's yeah, Webflow? Yeah, Webflow. Um, we're thinking about making making the changeover right now. The only area, to my understanding, that's a little bit not as developed as Shopify is the actual commerce part. But as far as making, I want I'm again very visual, so I want our blog and our website to read like a magazine. Right, right. Which is nearly impossible on WordPress. If anyone has ever really? tried to code the backend to do custom things, it's so difficult. So Webflow answers that solution, uh or is a solution to that problem, excuse me. And it seems like in the next year they're going to develop their e-commerce to be at a level that's some similar to Shopify.
0: And is Webflow uh complementary to WordPress or is Web Webflow kind of like Shopify a platform on its own? Totally place? on its own. And and it what's
1: its main superpower? It's uh again, not, vocabulary is not that great, but it basically it's like a visual way to make a incredibly like stunning site. And it's very easy for anyone to use. Like I could use it without having to have, I mean, my developer would have to set it up for me, but once right, right, right. she does that, I can go in and make WordPress. I mean, uh, make blog posts, change the complete layout of the site within, you know, realm of how she set it up.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And okay. So what's it like hiring a team for the first time? Mm -hmm. And how are you affording this team? Because you bought out your investors again, check out Remy's podcast episode to hear that story. You bought out your investors, which is crazy. Yeah. And you haven't raised new funding yet. You're just starting the fundraising process now. So how are you affording hiring these people and the help and, and just like living?
1: Yeah. So we've been actually really lucky. Um, I say lucky because I think that with our original product, Freco G, it, had to be at the right time for people to accept freckles as a part of their beauty routine. Um, I hesitate to use the word lucky because it was a lot of fucking work and there's no luck in that. It was a lot of work. So we were lucky in the time that we were in. Um, and we have spent $0 to this day on marketing with raising capital that will change soon. So be ready for us to be flooding your Instagram, (laughs) hopefully. But, um, yeah, so we just started sending out product to influencers and we've all heard this story a million times about you know just sending out product and seeing where it goes. But I actually befriended so many of the influencers that uh, liked talking about Freck and they just liked talking about it on their own. So all the growth that we've seen and all of the money that that has yielded has gone straight back into the business. So once you know we have a great month, we're talking about, okay, how can we reinvest this money? Another thing that we had to do Um, which was really scary. This last year, we had to raise three loans. So two of which were personal through my friends and family, and one of which was through PayPal. So that's another way that we were able to scale and be able to keep up with inventory and growing needs as the company was growing. And we honestly, we weren't ready to raise money at that point because if we had wanted to raise X dollars six months ago before we had the cactus collection out, we would have been the freckle company. And there's no data that's pointing that we can become anything more than that. Mm. So that's why we elected to use loans rather than raising capital at that point, because I would have had to give away like four times the amount of equity for the dollars that were needed.
0: Let's get into two things. One, you brought up forming relationships with influencers and Mm -hmm. two, you brought up um, traditional loans. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like old school business where you used to get SBA loans, (laughs) small, what is it? Small business association. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, um, so let's talk about influencer how to, you know, it would help so many of us to learn how to build relationships with influencers. It seems really expensive and inaccessible. Yeah. So um, if you don't mind sharing with us about that and then um, also tell us more about the PayPal loan and what that looks like and even getting a loan from a seed round from your family, what kind mm-hmm. of paperwork do you need? So let's yeah. start at influencers first. Okay. Um, if you were to, tell us like the first five steps to form a relationship with influencers. Do, how did you find them? How do you reach out to them? What do you say? And like, how how do you uh, inspire them to support you? And then yeah. what does the return look like? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I think that this is a different conversation if you're in a product-based business versus a service-based indes- business. And I have worked um, as a social media manager for service-based industries too. So I kind of know both sides of it. But for Freck, which is a product-based business, which is generally a little bit easier because you have something tangible that you can send to people. Um, What I do is I make like a dreamy influencer list and it's just saved in my Instagram of all the people that I love who A, maybe already make faux freckles like with a pencil or some other application method. Um, And then also just people that I love, they're aesthetic, they're wild, they're kind of out there and they match what I'm trying to do. Because also... The point of using influencers for me um, is that I don't have a budget for marketing or uh, content creation. So all of the images that you see on the Freck Instagram are user generated, um, which is another great tool if you are looking to pinch your dollars while you're starting up. And what's the Freck Instagram handle? It's just at F-R-E-C-K.
0: Perfect. And we'll include it in the show notes. So be sure to click there to check it out further.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. So... um, I would just reach out to influencers and be like, hey, I love your look. I would love to send you my product. I'm Remy. I'm the founder. Be super casual about it. And you can kind of tell right away if they're like, yes, oh my gosh, I've never heard of you guys. I would love to try your product. um, Send it to them. And then maybe just naturally, my product is $22. So I can't tell somebody, I'm going to send you this product and now you owe me one post and one Instagram story. That's not how it works um, because these people are professionals. This is their job and they get paid to do this. So I would just send it to them out of the goodness of my heart and hope that they would be excited about the product. Then from about one out of every 10 people would identify themselves without me having to do anything as a true Freck brand advocate. So they're posting about it. They honestly want to share the product that they've just found because we're new and not a lot of people know about us with their followers. Um, So from there, I would reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm so glad you're loving the product. Um, is it okay if I repost your images so I can get some of our followers back to your page? You get their permission. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's, it's not transactional, which is kind of how it's sounding, but it's like, honestly, I want, if these people are helping me and sharing my product, I want to share them and their look with my audience too. Um, and then from there, a number of our followers who show me that they absolutely live for Freck, love Freck, want to do everything for us. I want to give back to them, so I give them an affiliate code, which I'm sure everybody here has seen people do on Instagram. It's like 10% off, and then they make a small commission on that. So they're stoked because they can make a little bit of a commission on something that they're already excited to talk about. I would never lead with, hey, I like what you're doing. I want to give you an affiliate code because that never produces results ever. So as far as results, um, I would say that for every influencer PR send that I send one vial out, I probably get about... 20 orders from consumers do you follow up with the people that don't post or don't say anything um i follow up with everybody probably about once every three or four months and if somebody doesn't post i'll just be like hey how's it going um are you liking the product did you not get it in the mail because a bunch of things could have happened right right. but also i really want to know everybody's feedback so if they're like hey this brush didn't work for me for whatever reason i want to know that as a business owner so that when I go to make my next production round, I can alter it a little bit.
0: It sounds like you're really holistic in your approach. You're extremely authentic and really just having a conversation with a friend. You're not trying to be something you're not. You're trying not trying to sell somebody. You just genuinely believe and love your product and you want to share it.
1: Yeah, I actually... It's funny that you say that because my whole approach to Instagram is that... And this is true the Freck account and all of the other accounts that I've ever managed. It's that I believe that people in the world want to know that Freck exists and they don't. And those are the people I'm trying to find. People who would really honestly love to have a product that gives you freckles or would love to have a moisturizer that has prickly pear seed oil in it. Those are the people I'm finding. I'm not trying to find, I'm not trying to go and convert some, somebody who has no interest in moisturizer or freckles. That's not my game. My game is to go use Instagram as a tool to find the people that want to know that you exist.
0: And two questions. One, do you do the Instagram engagement yourself and how do you build up your following?
1: Yeah, Um, I used to do it all myself. Now Uh I don't have time to do everything, but it's funny. I'll still jump on and, uh, you know, every once in a while, one of our followers will get into a whole conversation with me about their oily skin or whatever and we end up talking for forever but um basically what i do my format is uh i select photos that my social media assistants then go engage with so what that looks like is say there's a makeup artist that uses freck and they have posted a photo with freck i'm having my social media assistants go through and comment uh or sorry on the on all the people that have commented on that photo My assistants are going through tag or looking at those people and liking three of their photos and commenting on something. Oh, wow. So it's great, right? So we're using this lens of like, how do we find people who are already interested in us? These are people who have been so into a photo that somebody else posted wearing Freck that they're going to comment, which is, you know, that's a commitment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So how do we go say, hey, it's us. We're here. We want to talk to you. We're Freck we go to their page and like their stuff and start commenting and having conversation with those people. And what tool do you use for social media management? Um, if well, any. yeah, I use, um, I use flume. Oh, I've <laughs> never heard of flume. What yeah. does flume do? Flume is great because a lot of my work is in DMS, um, especially because I still do all the communication with influencers. Mm-hmm. So I use flume to be able to access my DMS on my computer because if I'm on my phone all day, like that, a, ergonomically that's horrible and b it's like so many notifications and distractions coming in so i use flume to do all of my work in my dms i don't use hootsuite or any of those other ones um it just doesn't it feels weird like i feel like getting outside of instagram kind of removes the point of instagram which is to connect with people um and i do use planally to plan out visually my grid planally Planoly, P-L-A-N-O-L-Y. Wow.
0: These are amazing. And Carl will include all of these in the show notes. We've talked about amazing tools from Webflow to Flume to Planoly. <laughs> and and do you do anything? Um, I have one more question about Instagram, actually, a selfish question. And then I was going to mm-hmm. ask, do you do anything with Twitter and Facebook? The selfish question about Instagram, how do you handle when multiple people in your brand are logging in uh, and Instagram tries to lock you out?
1: Um... This is like so layman's, but I just coordinate, you know, I have like everyone does two hours or everyone has their time, you know, so right. we just kind of like separate you it. You have that problem too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even sometimes it'll block me out when I'm just trying to jump in to post the photo totally. and then other people are engaging. So yeah. that's just one of the fun little neur- neur- neuroses of Instagram. There's not a solution yet. Yeah. I have a Twitter and Facebook? Um, Or
0: Pinterest, Pinterest even relates to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I honestly don't use any of them. I know that's like crazy and sacrilegious. um, But the reason why is just because there's only so many hours in a day. And up until this point, it's been very startup garage mentality. So I just haven't had the ability, you know, I'll like repost from Instagram to Facebook. But really, I don't think our girl, like our customer is on Facebook. Right. I think they're all on Instagram. And I'm trying to get off of Instagram because it honestly scares me. Really? Running my whole business off of Instagram is insane. Totally. I mean, we're seeing so many algorithm updates right now that are really shocking and terrifying as a business owner, um, which is a big reason why I've started my podcast. So I'm trying to like move the conversation outside of Instagram. Also because... I have a lot more to say than just photos of people with freckles, you know,
0: I think it's good to be in different places um, like Instagram and podcasting and kind of knowing. But the thing that I really respect about you as a business owner and getting to know you before we started recording and even right now in this conversation, you seem to really um, be talented at understanding your audience and focusing Mm -hmm. and, and being narrow but narrow in a very accelerating forward way. It's something I particularly am not good at. I'm kind of like an octopus everywhere. And I've been told by mentors throughout the years, like focus, focus, focus. And I've been trying to get better. And it seems like either you've trained yourself to or it comes more natural to you where you're like, you know what? Instagram is what's providing me the return. There's Mm -hmm. not a lot of resource. I'm not going to worry about Facebook and Twitter because I want to make sure what I do, I do really well. And, Mm -hmm. and it's a very um, thoughtful results. And I really respect that. And I, I want to learn from that in this own thing. I'm like, I'm going to walk away thinking like, okay, I have to, I have to tweak things like is She's being really smart about it.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, like the, I think that the reason why Freck exists period is the first conversations that I was having with my friends, um, but bef- long before I even thought about how I would even make a product in the very beginning of the idea, it freck exists because people came to me and said, or related to me and said, I all, I've been trying to find freckles my entire life. I would love to have them. I don't want to get skin cancer. How do I do it? Right. Um, so I really listen to our audience and I think that that's what makes us unique. You know, I'm asking them all the time and I'm on Instagram myself communicating with them, like hey, what do you guys want to see? We're working on a cleanser right now. What What do you guys love about cleanser? What do you right, hate right. about cleanser? Um, I haven't started this yet, but one thing I really want to start doing is I would love, I don't use Slack just because I don't know why. It just, like, it irks me. It, yeah. like, rubs me the wrong yeah. way. I know what you mean. But um, I think I'm going to start a Slack that's for, like, my 50 VIP customers who I talk to all the nice. time on Instagram. Who yeah. I almost feel like I've become friends with. And I want to make a space for them to throw ideas at me. But also for me to be like, hey, I would love to send you guys samples of this product. you will be the first person to ever that's test it. Dope. Can I get your feedback before it even comes out? That's so before dope. Even, like, from, like, from the point that we're in the lab. So, also just kind of like as an ethos thing Freck started before we launched, I did a failed Kickstarter and so many people have followed along since the beginning of that. And also like Kickstarter as a concept in general, it's like a bunch of people coming together to make something happen. So that's always how I've felt Freck is. I mean, it's, it's really about the community more than the products and the products are great because the community talks to me. So I want to make, I always want the community that follows Freck and buys Freck to feel like they are part and knitted into the, you know, product development and where the brand is going. Right. I
0: think one of the things that happens as we become more quote seasoned as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is we actually lose sight of community and connection. Absolutely. We we uh, learn all these tactics at business conferences and meetings and mentorship that. It's actually it seems that um, our clarity becomes diluted mm-hmm. and we become more of um, someone trying to perform something from a textbook rather than the pure and simple um, you know, uh, um, concept of a business, which is to solve a problem, provide people a solution at a price point that is, um, you know, higher than what it costs us to make. Yeah. And like find out exactly what they want in the most authentic way and then give it to them.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the lean startup, like the idea of build it and they will come is absolutely out the window at this point. And it's because brands are communicating with our customers. Yeah. You know, it's not build it and they will come. It's listen to people and figure out what they need built. Yeah. So that you can service them.
0: 100%. So let's get into kind of like as we're like winding down the interview, I think it's going to be really exciting and valuable for everybody to learn. I hadn't even I've seen the advertisements for a PayPal uh, loan, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what it was about. What is a PayPal loan? And if I heard you correctly, you said you got two PayPal loans.
1: I had three loans total, two from friends and family and oh. one
0: from PayPal. So let's talk about the PayPal loan and then also the kind of agreements and contracts you need in order to get loans from friends and family, if any.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so PayPal is a actually really easy streamlined process. I was really surprised. I kind of just like reached out to them to see what would my interest rate be. Um and it's high. It's way higher than an SBA, but uh small business association loans are really actually very difficult to apply for, especially if you haven't been in business for a long time, which we hadn't been at that point. Um What's a long time? 2 years, 10 years? More. I think it's like 4 or 5 okay. years, you okay. know. So using an SBA loan as a seed investment, I don't really know how you could do that, but maybe somebody knows better, but I couldn't figure it out. So I went to PayPal just to see what my interest rate would be. It was high. Uh, because we didn't have any, you know, credit cards or anything at this point, we had no credit as a company. So our interest rate was 20%, which was like so high, but you know, it's one of those things where you do what you got to do. How do you get credit as a company? (sighs) I think it's the same as how you do it for a person. You know, you just, I think that the loans that we're taking and we're paying back are building our credit. Now we have a credit card. Um, And we're just being really responsible about it. But that's actually a really good question. I'm not totally sure.
0: No, but this is great for all of us to learn and to even know these are opportunities to to, uh, access.
1: It's exactly what we were talking about in the beginning. It's like it just kind of figuring it out as you go. Um, But PayPal is great. I have only good things to say about them. They were very uh, good with the uh, like they weren't too conservative and they didn't give me more loan that I could afford at the time. And then they withdraw it weekly straight from your PayPal bank account. So I was just really going to ask you,
0: is your merchant on the back end
1: when people buy your products via PayPal? Yeah. So we use Braintree Braintree and PayPal are linked, but the loan system for PayPal has nothing to do with that. But did that help you?
0: So it didn't add to helping you in getting the loan that your sales were through paypal
1: no because when they evaluate your company financial standings they just you send them all of your statements and your balance sheet and your annual gotcha. income report like or whatever yeah so it, it, because we run payments through paypal and also through credit card processing so what was the criteria to get a loan through paypal Um, I think it's just, if I remember correctly, it's showing growth and showing that you can afford to pay back your loan. So like I was saying, they just deduct it from your account weekly. So they just look at your sales for the last, I think it's the last six months. They look at how you're growing. They do a conservative continued growth rate, if things don't, you know, hit the fan. Uh, and then they base it off of that. And then It honestly you sign the paperwork. I'm, I have no affiliate Uh to PayPal by the way, just so everybody knows. And the funds are in your bank account in like two days. It's crazy.
0: And and then were you... um, So I built um, my second company, my sports uh, media company. I built this first social network for the action sports industry. Mm -hmm. I built it on credit card debt. Yeah. Um, So I leveraged every single one of my credit cards and took like a crazy loan. It was insane. That's so scary, Um, right? Right. And so I vibe you and what you're talking about were you nervous taking out this loan at 20% are you paying it back every month what's your payment plan Do you have to pay it back right away
1: yeah so it's paid back over a year I elected to do weekly payments because like the idea just for me the idea of having like a big chunk of money is very scary and that's how I set it up with my two family and friends um, member loans but I, and I hate it, and I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> You'll tell us so, about that in a second. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, PayPal, I you can set it up however you want it, but I set it up to pay back weekly over a year because I just wanted to get it done with.
0: So in your calculations for the loan, you have to think, okay, I'm paying 20% interest. Mm-hmm. I now need to make sure I make more than that in my company in right. order, right? Yeah, definitely. And so what do you do strategically as a founder to make sure... As much as possible. Yeah. And what happens if you can't pay it back and your company doesn't work? Not to sound yeah. fatalist. That's <laughs> not my intent. I just uh, want to provide
1: the most value to yeah. as many people.
0: And I think this is a real
1: conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I honestly, you know, as a founder, I have always had this like gut instinct that Freck is going to work. And I've put my 20s on the line. I've, you know, sacrificed relationships for it. So it's very important to me. I fully believe in in the company. Um, so to tell you how I knew that it was going to be okay, I don't have an answer to that. I just, I just know that it's going to be okay because I know that I'm resourceful. And even with all of these loans that I have out right now, if the internet broke yesterday, Instagram was wiped and I had to pay, I, and I was personally responsible for these loans, which I am. Um, I know that I would be okay. I would find a job and I, and I have, you know, resources to make back the money and pay it back. So I know that I'm going to be okay. Um, that being said, how do you plan for it? Um, the weekly payments really help me because I just know that it's coming out and it's a small enough amount that I don't have to like really think about it. But for some of the larger loans, um, I really look at our direct-to-consumer sales, which is our web store sales, as our for sure money, and that covers all of our overhead. And then I look at our wholesale sales. We're in Urban Outfitters, Revolve, Dolls Kill. Um, we're sold in Europe now too. So I look at that; those dollars coming in as dollars to invest in new projects or to pay back loans. So every that's kind of how I separate it. I don't have like a checking and a savings setup, but I just think about the dollars coming in from wholesale accounts um, as money to pay back. Loans or credit cards or whatever
0: and and what is the range that PayPal loans out? Like what's the minimum? What's the maximum?
1: Yeah, I think I mean as as small as like five k ten k um and up to, I think you can even do like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars with them. whoa, yeah, depending on I mean, obviously you need the numbers to back it up. yeah, 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 depending on where you're at in your business and be pretty big
0: and agreements and
1: contracts on a seed route from friends and family, what does that look like? Yeah, so it's funny that you asked that because um, I'm trying to figure out if I want to name this round, the seed round or the series A round that I'm going to raise right now. And it's a really unusual situation. And I've talked to a couple of people about it because I can I can decide because we haven't really raised capital before. I mean, we had a little investment, but it was so little that I honestly it was 15 grand. I wouldn't even consider that an investment. and I paid back almost like a loan. Yeah. Yeah. So these loans that I have through my friends and family are, again, high interest rate. They're 20%. And I consider that because of the risk that they're taking and also because at the time we didn't have any credit as a company. Right. Um, And so the agreement, we just have almost like a, it's not called an operating agreement, but it's just a very simple agreement. I had my lawyer draft it. Um, I definitely, if anybody is going to do friends and family rounds, as casual as you want to be about it please have a lawyer yeah. <laughs> look at your document yeah, because yeah, yeah. you never want bad blood or anything weird between your family and friends. Like and are are you are people pay- who have your back. And are you paying 20 per, are you paying back weekly, the same thing? No. So those were set up. So one of them actually, there was an opportunity to pay back after six months or 12 months. And I chose to do 12 months. And who chose those options? You? Me. Yeah.
0: And then you, and, and they signed off. Yes you're okay with the choice and then you're yes. like, okay, here's what I choose. Yes. Okay. So
1: for, so for example, if I paid it off after six months, I would have to pay half the interest. And then after 12 months. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then the, the last one, which is a completely different separate, uh, set up for a loan is through a family members. Um, I think it's their trust, right? right. It's just where they have set aside their savings so that right. they can invest from their trust. So they had all of their paperwork set up. Um, and I pay back quarterly for that one. So worries. I have all of yeah. these different, it's like Tetris with money. Tetris with money. Right. I have like these wholesale <laughs> payments term. coming in and then I've got loan payments going out and then our director of consumer sales fund, you know, inventory and the day-to-day operations of the company. <laughs> amazing. Re- Remy, your story
0: is amazing. <laughs> How can Thank people
1: you. connect with you further? Yeah. So, um, you can find Freck online at freckbeauty.com. We're on Instagram at F R E C K and you can reach me if, You want to say hi on the Freck Instagram or you can reach me on my personal, which is hi.remi, R-E-M-I. And if you could
0: have one ask of the community, something that we could do as a collective to support you and accelerating your
1: success, what would that ask be? I have never been asked that. Oh, my gosh. Um, If I had one ask for you guys, I would say to go buy the moisturizer. Go buy any of our products. You're going to fucking love them. But. I think the moisturizer is the best. Actually, honestly, they're all the best. You should just go buy all of our products. Where do they go to buy? Freckbeauty.com. Um, or like I said, you can find us on Urban Outfitters, Dolls Kill. If you're in Canada, we're on Studio Shishiko. If you're in Europe or the UK, we're on Beauty Bay. Um, and you can find all that on the website too. And
0: if uh, you'd like to be a future investor in Freck, where can they connect with you further?
1: Oh, um, remy at Frecbeauty.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Okay. So two last quick fire questions. Your favorite book? Uh, The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. What's it about? Um, It's about this woman who goes insane and kind of her journey through the psych ward. The Bell Jar. The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. The Bell Jar. We'll include that in the show notes. And is this your first podcast? I have my own show. So I have, uh, you guys again can find us on Skin in the Game, but this is my fr- first podcast that I've been on as a guest. So thank you for having ah, me. Esprit. Okay. A-, a safe high five that yes. time.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for being on the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group. You can go there directly by going to VIP.com. That's VIP.com. Make sure to say hello on social, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, at Women in Tech Show. I will talk to you guys see you guys here. you guys in the next episode bye
1: hey this is Remy, ceo and founder of freck beauty the original and to this day only faux freckle cosmetic we're based in echo park california you're listening to women in tech
0: women in tech is an independently funded project funded by you the community So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution every little bit counts. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision.
1: This is Remy Brixton, the founder and CEO of Freck Beauty, the only faux freckle cosmetic. We are based in Echo Park. You are listening to We Are LA Tech. Welcome to the We
0: Are LA Tech podcast. Yes, so excited to introduce you to an extraordinary company here in Los Angeles with an awesome female founder. You are going to love it. This is a replay from our Women in Tech podcast This startup is based in Echo Park, and it is so inspiring. Talks about how to get a loan for your startup. Talks about how to market your startup through Instagram. Talks about having to buy out the original investors. So much good stuff. It's a commerce company, tech company, all the good things in the beauty industry. And enjoy.